everyone, and welcome to Timeline Scavengers, the podcast specifically designed to last forever. I'm James Anderson, one of your hosts. And I'm Colin Parker, your other host. On this show, we're going through the MCU in historical order, scene by scene, until the end of time. That's right, Colin, and I am so excited about uh, this episode we're recording today, because we are recording this uh, as I... You're about to hit it, and as I sit here on March 30th, 2022, we are officially recording the first episode of the 1943 volume of episodes. Very true. Um, This is going to be uh, largely a Captain America year, Mm -hmm. but for right now, we're going to get into an episode of Agent Carter that we have not even discussed yet. Whoa. It is a show, it is an episode that is on Disney Plus currently where the episode refers to the F word. We are looking at Agent Carter, season one, episode seven, Snafu, uh, which mm. does res- does uh, does stand for Situation Normal All Fucked Up. So uh, Disney uh, took out the capital letters, like it's capital S-N-A-F-U, so it's just a fun gibberish word instead of a, an initialism. <laughs> which is also funny when you consider the fact that Marvel loves their like acronyms. Yeah, and then- exactly. Disney was like, absolutely not with this one. Absolutely not. This is where we draw the line. All flipped up. Yep. Don't know what to do. Um, so you're going to start at, uh, I think this is the first thing that happens. Um, so I have starting at 118 and ending at 344. Uh, up until 118 might be recap. But if you start at 118, you'll be golden either way. So first I'm going to read you what the uh, MCU wiki says happens. Uh, and then I'll read you what actually happens. It's not the NC Wiki's fault. This is sort of a, a footnote in a larger uh, mm. episode where a bunch, bunch of stuff happens. So they kind of just touch on this briefly right. for a sec. But uh, this is what they said. In Russia, 1943, Dr. Johann Fenhoff was a different man. He read books like The Tragic Life of Dr. Faustus and helped in any way he could with keeping men from feeling pain. Which is kind of a fun, like teasy way of, of, of talking about what he actually did. Here's what happens in the scene. Fenhoff is reading The Tragic Life of Dr. Faustus, which we'll talk about in a second, when the surgeon comes up and says that he needs he's needed in surgery. They're out of anesthetic, and the nurses tell him that Fenhoff can make men feel no pain. Fenhoff says he's never attempted it during an operation. They need to amputate Private Ovechkin's leg, or he'll die from infection. Uh, Fenhoff hypnotizes Ovechkin and, quote, takes him into a memory of Ovechkin playing chess with his mother the day before he left for the war, uh, telling him repeatedly to focus, focus. The hypnosis works, and Ovechkin doesn't notice as they begin to amputate. We notice, though, because the camera sure does stay there, as they sure definitely do start to saw into whatever they have as the stand-in for the leg. Um, so if you're watching this and you don't like seeing legs being sawed into, maybe 342. Um, so, uh, this, let's start off with an Avengers ensemble because we have a bunch of things to take care of. Avengers Ensemble. Uh, this episode came out on February 17th, 2015. Uh, more than seven years ago. Wild. Um, oh, that is I, wild. 
did a whole screen thing here. Okay, so uh, it was written by Chris Dingus or Dinges, um, D-I-N-G-E-S-S. Uh, he did four, He also did wrote four episodes of Doom Patrol, one episode of Agents of Shield. Uh, this is his only written credit, written by credit for Agent Carter, but he also has a story by and a teleplay by credit for two other episodes. Um, he wrote nine episodes of Being Human, which is that BBC show about like a werewolf living with a Frankenstein, mm-hmm. living with a vampire. Uh, he wrote one episode of Eastwick, which I have to imagine is a television show based on the Witches of Eastwick, and three episodes of Reaper, and three episodes of Medium, which is a show I really liked and missed very much. Um, this episode was directed by Vincent Miziano. Uh, he directed 11 episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., so we're going to hear his name a bunch uh, at some point. Uh, one episode of Arrow, 12 episodes of Medium, two episodes of Warehouse 13, five episodes of The West Wing, and one episode of Killer Instinct, which I mention only because I think mm. it's funny to think about a TV show based on that video game. Um, do you, I, I worry that you would Is know. That, do you know Killer Instinct? Based- it's a Sega. It's a Nintendo 64 game. Yeah, that was yeah. based on... No, it wasn't. I just think okay. it's funny to imagine a show where okay. they're like, I was like, that's you know that video nuts. game Killer Instinct? Well, here's a show about it. Yeah. Not that they don't do that, um, for sure. So let's get into our characters. Let's start with the big hitter, the uh, double surprise. I know him from that and that. Uh, Dr. Fenhoff is played by a guy named Ralph Brown. Uh, he played a guy named Del Patterson in Gemini Man, um, which is a movie that now has a... Um, yeah. Uh, he was the local pedestrian population in Red Dead, Red Dead Redemption 2. Huh, okay. He was in four episodes of Agent Carter, two episodes of Elementary. He was in F- Exorcist The Beginning. He was in Star Wars The Phantom Menace as Rick Oley, the Naboo security pilot that takes them off of Naboo. I will send you a picture. Wow, okay. Um, he... You're, you're, you're going to see this and you'll be like, yep, that's for sure him. <laughs> um, and also, I definitely remember that guy from Star Wars. Wow. Yes. You're not wrong. So, yep. And then, um, huh. in addition to that, he also played uh, Del Preston in Wayne's World 2, which means that he has portrayed two different characters named Del in his career. Del huh. Preston is this guy from Wayne's World 2. Uh, I don't know how familiar you are with Wayne's World 2, but he's the, we had to get um, a snifter full of brown M&Ms or Ozzy wouldn't play the show. That's wild. Because, like, the thing is, now, looking at this, specifically more of, like, looking at him in Agent Carter, I'm like, that yeah. is definitely the same guy, right? But, like, if you yeah. just showed me this first, and I hadn't really, like, seen, I would not have put two and two together. Right, but it's like that exactly. thing of like when you look at him in the past, you can, can see now where he. Yeah, I changed. can see it. But yeah, going exactly. the other way around, I'd be like, ah, "Are you sure that's the same guy?" You know. Yeah. If I wow. gave you a list of like movies that this guy was also in, I would never in a whole hundred years pick Phantom Menace and Wayne's World two. Very true. <laughs> as the hypnotist guy from Agent Carter, <laughs> is the yeah, same. That's dude. wild. Um, because I, I only know him as uh Dell from Gemini Man. Um. That's a joke. He was also. I don't think I've seen that movie actually. Uh, Gemini Man is uh, Will Smith versus Young no, Will yeah. Smith. Yeah, and I I'm, haven't either. Yeah. I know what the movie is. I just haven't seen it. Me neither. Um, I just think it'd be, yeah. anyway, he was also in Alien Three. Huh. Okay. Uh, 
The surgeon is played by a guy named Rob Locke, uh, who played British news anchor in Mass Effect Legendary Edition. He also played British news anchor in Mass Effect 3, which might be just the same thing. Uh, uh, legendary editions. Yeah, the Legendary yeah. Edition like, is um, when they basically did the remaster, uh, okay. but then yeah. you just had to buy one thing, and you can, from the main menu, play all three games. Got it. Because it was, it. So it was, they were made for an older system. Right. Where the file sizes were like, now, I mean, like now, like back then they felt huge. Now you're like, that was you know, barely anything. So uh, I've played through the both both versions of the game. Love Mass Effect. So do you, what Great do you think about game. the British news anchor? The funny thing is, like, I I don't think you ever actually see him. I think the right. British news uh, news anchor is just a guy that you hear. Um, but I mean, like, he was fine. I mean, like, you know, you hear him talk about stuff. Unless, unless I'm thinking of a different anchor, oh, you know, there is a scene in the very beginning of the show, show of the game where they are on earth. Actually, it's like the only scene that ever takes place on earth in the entire mm. series. Uh, they're on earth for a brief moment. Do they have like a live television feed at some point during that? Cause if they do, maybe he's in that and not the guy that does all the voiceover stuff of like when you're on the Citadel, which is like kind of mm-hmm. like the place you go back to, to get your supplies and upgrades and stuff. Um, they'll sometimes like when you're on like an elevator to fill the time, they'll have like a person like give you the local news kind of thing. They'll be right. like, and the best part about it is that most of the time is either giving you a clue about something you're about to go do, or it's like them finally telling the public about something that you just did. So right. they'll be like, you know, in other news, you know, Cerberus has recently been found to be, you know, running experiments on people and you know, using spores from, you know, this play- planet. And then they're like, uh, after a brief mission with, you know, uh, with N7 or with, you know, with the Alliance, you know, like uh, Commander Shepard, shut that down and blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, they'll give you that. And then I'll be like, yeah. ding, and like, the door opens and you walk out. Um, so, yeah, it's cool stuff. Cool. Uh, he was also several voices, uh, so much so that, like, it dot, dot, dotted off the screen. Oh, wow. In... Elder Scrolls 4 Skyrim or Elder Scrolls 5 Skyrim of course do Skyrim we just call is, that Skyrim yeah, yeah, just, yeah okay. people just call it Skyrim but yeah. like that makes sense there's yeah. so much in that game yeah um, so well, that is Rob Locke finally put out a new one but anyway yeah <laughs> that is Rob Locke uh, who plays the surgeon uh, Ovechkin oh. the guy who loses his leg is played by a man named Pavel that's P-A-W-E-L I was very excited about that I believe isn't it Pavel Chekhov? I think Chekhov Maybe. on Star Trek is is pa- his first name is Pavel. It's a shame though, then, that they didn't get actual Alexander Ovechkin of the right, Washington right. Capitals to play Ovechkin, but you know, right? Because um, like getting a Russian guy to play a Russian guy named Ovechkin, exactly. Um, uh, Pavel Shida, S Z A I D A. Okay. Anyways. He was in one episode of Elementary and seven episodes of Generation Kill, which was an HBO documentary about like uh, soldiers in Iraq, I believe, in like 2003 oh, wow. or four. Yeah. Oh, it was sort of oh, one of those things wow. like you uh, heard about, like, I think it was based on a book, but like, I think maybe it was more of a movie, like, whatever, but it was based on like true experiences. Right, Anyways. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, Ovechkin's mother. I did, but I'm going to say her name. I did check the uh, pronunciation of this to make sure that I was spelling, I was pronouncing it correctly because I was worried that I wasn't. Ovechkin's mother is played by Madonna Cacciatore, like the hmm. Italian dish, yeah. Cacciatore, chicken Cacciatore. Um, hmm. But if you made it from Madonna, um, this is her first <laughs> comic-related work. 
Um, so those are our, that's our cast. Okay. Um, I have two topics that uh, I want to talk to you about today. No, the topics are first is tragic life of Dr. Faustus. So this is a very, very old play by Christopher Marlowe, who, if you are thinking in Shakespeare in love, as we often always are, is the guy that was played by Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck. So this is the this is the quick story of of Faustus, and you see this. People will say this like such and such is a Faustian story. You see it in Simpsons. You see it all over the place. But um, so this is written by Christopher Marlowe, who uh, was a contemporary of Shakespeare, and some people. He's one of the people that people are like Shakespeare didn't exist. He was a bunch of people. Christopher Marlowe is one of the people that are like that guy might have been Shakespeare. Like but, conspiracy theory people. Yeah, exactly. Wow. That Shakespeare was made up. Um, anyways, like Andrew WK. Whoa, crazy. Is there a conspiracy theory that there's Andrew WK doesn't exist? Yeah, there's a conspiracy theory that there's been multiple actors who have played Andrew WK, uh, huh. which is also fascinating considering like he has family members and like one of them is also a public face. So right. it's like, you know, weird that like you would then have someone else play him. Uh, it's like, uh, yeah, it's a whole thing. And they're like, yeah, cool. like have you ever thought about how he looks very different between this time and this time? And people are like, you know, so people, you. yeah, it's like people do change in appearance, you know, as they grow older and also put on a lot of muscle. Like, holy shit, yeah. dude, yeah. ripped. But anyway, Andrew yeah. Wilkes Krieger, mm-hmm. Andrew WK. Hey, uh, who else? Anyway. But one man could, uh, teach me how to party till I puke. Um, <laughs> So this guy makes a deal with Lucifer where he gets 24 years with a devil named Mephistopheles. What? I'll get to it. I'll get to it in a sec as his personal magical servant. But then he goes to hell. So after 24 years, he goes to hell because he doesn't have a soul anymore. Here's my question. Mm-hmm. So is this where Fenhoff gets his otherworldly hypnosis abilities? Because he's made a deal with the devil, Mephisto. This Mephisto is where confirmed. People yeah, have been exactly. looking for it this whole time. They weren't looking. They, were, they weren't looking in the right place. Yeah, they kept yeah, going. Surely it's in uh, Wandavision. Surely it's in Loki. Surely it's in the. No, yep. it was in Agent Carter this whole time. It was right in front of your faces. One single Agent Carter flashback from the middle of season, from the very nearly the end of season one. Um, that's where it is. But I actually really really like to th- from now on my head canon yeah. is that Fenhoff made a deal with the devil and yeah. he only has like because it you is know. it is like beyond human yeah. capability exactly. but it's also not exactly like a power power per se you know what right. I mean exactly. like he's not like an yeah. X-Men or anything like that yeah so it's like right. something had to have happened there some exactly. form of experimentation yeah. or or help. devil dealing yep. yeah some Devil people get dealing. good at guitar and some people get good at hypnosis. Um, shakes out the same in the end, though. Everyone goes to hell. So uh, the other thing uh, that uh, the tragic life of, life of Dr. Faustus. Oh, also, the other thing I didn't mention is he's, he, he spends those 24 years just absolutely sucking at having a magical servant. Like he does a whole bunch of stuff that people are like, dude, what are you doing? Why are you wasting your life? Do, you're using your. It's like, I have magic powers. I'm going to conjure the remote to my hand. Like, what are you doing? Anyways, so he wastes his time. So, uh, okay, James, if you had the ability to do anything, even if it was just for 24 hours, Mm -hmm. what kind of thing would you do? Uh, Get a different job. So, (laughs) 
God, uh, that I felt that in like the pangs of my heart. I just like you said that, and immediately just like I felt like my stomach dropped a little bit. I was just like, yeah, no, that's. I was thinking like you know I would do I think two things. No, I would do three mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. I would essentially well, four. like. No, I would, I would immediately make it so that like I didn't have to worry about like money ever again. Like it sure. would just it would be that 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 idea of like you always have a hundred dollars more than you need in your pocket, like at all times kind of thing. Right. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, so that way you can never like overdraft and run out of money. It's like, you always have like basically just enough with like a little bit of a buffer. Right. Um, so I would basically do that kind of first, um, somehow, I don't know, magically, I would just basically, I would just like have a job that would pro- provide me with that sort of ability. Right. Okay. Um, then I would just magically make it so that I could eat whatever I wanted without ever mm-hmm. being as hefty as I am, because that's my downside. Like I'll, I'll work out, I'll get on the Peloton bike as much as I want. And you would think that I would be thinner, but then I do also then go, you know, it'd be great though, is getting the McJordan at uh, McDonald's. Uh, yes, I am still attempting to bring it back, uh, but I would eat a McJordan and just completely undo all that work. Uh, and then if at all possible, I would simply make myself Spider-Man. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. I, I like that, like, this whole time you are going, where is he going to go with this? And I was just like, I mean, like, listen, if I could make it so yes. that, like, I could eat whatever I want and still have, like, the Spider-Man physique, then why wouldn't I be like, okay, cool, give me the suit and I'll flip, flip, you know, and I'll just be like, right. all right, I'm off to whatever. I wasn't thinking about where you're going with it because I, I, I trust you to take it to a place that, you know, you did. That's mm-hmm. That's fine. I was sitting here thinking about how I don't need magic. I can eat whatever I want and uh, and I'd never gain any weight. I just, if Mephistopheles would just also be a personal chef, that would be fine. Like oh. cooks for me and cooks healthy, I'll eat it. Yeah, that's fair. That's that's it. I mean, like I, I envy actors that have to like make weight or like get in shape for yeah. stuff. Because it's like, I'll do it. I just don't know how to do it you know hey, what i mean you know what also would work for me is it, it on the opposite side of what i was saying about food is just make it so that like i can eat whatever but in yeah. my heart or in my head it tastes like because like if you were like what would it be what would it taste like well i mean that's what i'm saying like I, it, it could be whatever i'm deciding oh right? i see i see so it's like you a pick. personal chef yeah. that's like for example is just like here's a kale salad but when i bite into it it tastes like a pizza you know what i mean like and i'm like mm. oh my god extra cheese you know like the thinly sliced sausage like you know new york style you know kind of thing mm. and pepperoni like oh that's so good oh yum 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 you know i would just eat it up and i'd just be eating healthy the whole time and wouldn't be going this tastes like what i think just fiber purely by itself probably tastes like right um yep. which is to say not a good time <laughs> right exactly uh you know exactly. stuff like that or like yeah, the foods sense. that like i know are good for me but like i hate because it has like a texture that i don't like you know what i mean like yeah. a good example of that would be strawberries where it's like, I love strawberry flavor, but strawberries themselves have a texture that like, it just does not jive with me. But like, yeah. if I, if I was just like popping strawberries and like somehow like the texture was gone or because I now think it tastes like the McJordan meal at McDonald's, I'm just fine with just, you know, boom, boom, boom. Hmm. Uh, so, you know, things like that. That'd be dope. That'd be cool. That would be dope. Colin. That would be dope. Thank for you. Sure. Um, I would probably, I would probably also like to have sort of like, all right, let's try no, no money. 
Like, let's try the world with no money for for a week oh. and see how that's going. And then then it reverts back, whatever. And things that work stay so that when my 24 years is up, the change is just permanent. Like, we all switched to, to metric, and it's fine. Wow, I was very selfish with mine. Yeah, I was like, how are my problems Listen, solved? my first thing was I want a new job. So I'm pretty sure that uh, we're good. That's fair. But, I mean, you were also like, how do I fix the world? And I was like, I fix the world by being Spider-Man. <laughs> Hey, that's we how all, I we all, everyone plays our part. Yeah. Um, the other lasting thing besides like sort of the deal with the devil, but you, oops, the devil What's tricked the you. What's the deal so. with the devil? All right. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you might be a uh, lost soul. Um, if. If you make a deal with the devil. Oh, that, yeah. yeah. You know what? Fair enough. Makes <laughs> sense. Uh, the phrase, uh, Solomon Miserius Socius Habuisi Dolores. <laughs> is Latin for mm-hmm. uh, something that is commonly translated as Misery Loves Company, is from uh. Dr. Faustus. Yeah, so. Hey everyone, uh, it's James here. Um, so, <laughs> a couple of days after we recorded that episode, or the episode you're listening to, uh, I'm not sure when Colin's going to put this in. So, a couple of days after we recorded the episode um, that you are either listening to or have just listened to, uh, I, <laughs> I, uh, I was looking through my uh, Marvel encyclopedia and I saw uh, Doctor Faustus, and I was like, "Wait a minute!" And I looked at his real name, and it was Johann Fenhoff. So, the reason why he is reading uh, Doctor Faustus in the episode is because he is Dr. Faustus in the comics. Um, just a real quick rundown. Uh, he first appeared in Captain America number 107 in August of 1968. I mean, he basically gaslit Captain America into thinking that he was uh, hallucinating the whole the whole super serum thing. Red Skull was maybe alive, that he was back in the 1940s, that he was uh, in the 1960s, but he was old, all this stuff. Eventually, he was defeated. Uh, he also um, found Peggy Carter um, when she was an amnesic um, and tricked her into thinking she was someone that she wasn't and, and whatever. And he also did the same thing with Sharon Carter and basically all this to try and uh, get at Captain America. He also tried to get at Spider-Man. And the other thing is that uh, it says under attributes, he has an MD in psychiatry. He's an expert in this field and is possibly the best in the world due to being described as, quote, the master of men's minds. <laughs> he doesn't know what women want, but uh, you know, master of men's minds. But he only uses his skill for his personal gains and not for the health of his patients. And then it says hypnosis. Johan is also an expert in hypnosis and manipulation of the mind. Using just his voice, Fenhoff can hi- hypnotize his victims and make them do whatever he wants. He has caused people to hurt themselves, and brought other strong-willed people, such as Captain America, to the brink of it. His subjects can regain their senses during their state of hypnosis, mainly through great willpower, so as to recover from their hallucinations. Um, So we see him do this hypnosis thing to that soldier. So, just wanted to do a quick addendum. Uh, Johann Fenhoff, before I got, you know, the whole bunch of letters from our 1960s uh, Marvel experts, uh, Johann Fenhoff is uh, Dr. Faustus. That is his, like, you know, code name in uh, in the Marvel Comics universe, and uh, yeah, that's it. Yep. Uh-huh.
cultural side of it now let's get into the science capital s sydney mcelroy please don't listen to this so hypnosis as anesthetic um this is also known as hypnosurgery because it's so dang hip no yeah but it is so surgery where the patient is sedated using hypnotherapy rather than traditional anesthetics it is claimed that hypnosis for anesthesia has been used since the 1840s where it was pioneered by the surgeon james braid there are occasional um who is one of my Pad- padawans um there are occasional media reports because he has a brain yeah. he, uh there are occasional media reports of surgery being conducted under hypnosis but since these are not carried out under controlled conditions nothing can be concluded from them there's insufficient evidence to support the efficacy of hypnosis in managing pain in other contexts such as childbirth or post-operative pain at the present time, preparing a patient for hypnosurgery would include having several 50 to 60 minute sessions of hypnotherapy done by a hypnotherapist. Each individual session focuses on controlling the pain and relaxing the mind. The number of hypnotherapy sessions varies according to the patient and their susceptibility to hypnosis. Generally, the patient would be ready for hypnosurgery after six weeks of training. You know, qu- heavy quotes on done it. Um, with active surgeries like this but mm-hmm. what, I, what i got from that was fenoff can't be like hey what's going on i'm dr fenoff we're meeting for the first time anyways no pain um so once again <laughs> uh the devil um so it would be six That's weeks of training the first alleged case of a- hypnosis as an anesthetic in surgery was when jules germain cloquette Uh, who was alive from 1790 to 1783, a French surgeon operated on a woman's breast while she was purportedly under the influence of hypnosis. The operation was for the removal of a tumor. So everyone calm down. Over the course of his career, he claimed to have performed several successful surgeries using hypnosis as the only form of anesthesia. So, so far we have a dude in the 19th century uh, saying that. And then uh, while stationed at the River Valley Road, prisoner of war hospital in singapore in 1945 with the supplies of chemical anesthetics severely restricted by the japanese michael woodruff and a medical slash dental colleague from the royal netherlands forces used hypnotism as the sole means of anesthesia for a wide range of dental and surgical procedures so it sort of feels like the dental one's nuts to me or feels wild because you know like okay sorry because like you know he's like uh you know tell me about you know your mother in this you know this chess game by the no focus focus right like right. but you do that at the dentist you know, and you're like you know what was uh you know the what was high school like for you you're huh focus focus spit and then focus you know right well i'm my home and yeah i think probably Again, I'm going to use heavy quotes here. I mean, you know, there's nothing that's like alleged whatever in the in the last story, but I would imagine that actual hypnosurgery would not involve the patient interacting with right, the yeah, hypnotizer. yeah. That part's like, probably you, you, like, the fictionalized thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, I like to think that there was. I mean, we do see him talking to the dude, like like the Ovechkin talking to Fanoff, but I like to think that most of that conversation was in Ovechkin's head and, and wasn't right not I mean, actually I got we're gonna see that. we're gonna see in oh yeah don't you worry we'll get yeah. to it just not that now there is a in a conversational 
aspect to the way this guy does it. But right. with dental, these, you know, Michael Woodruff in 1945 and his unnamed Focus. colleague from the Royal Netherland Forces, Johnny Royal Netherland Forces, probably. Um, Johnny Netherland. Johnny Netherland, the old JN. Um, John with two N's. Um, always paid Dutch. So the. Uh, <laughs> It's interesting because it's like, it doesn't make sense to me. And I'm sure Sawbones would be like, no. But it sort of feels like in a pinch, it isn't completely, like, there have been cases where people are like, we didn't have anesthetic and it did work a little bit. So, yeah. So that is all that I had for my two things about this um, wartime uh quick hypnosis slash amputation um, from this episode of Agent Carter. James, before we head out, I would like to introduce you to a brand new segment that I knew I was going to start doing in the 1940s. Okay. Um, and I was thinking initially about starting it with Captain America, but since we're in the same year that we said we would do Captain America stuff, yep, I'm going to go ahead and just start it now. So Let's do it. Uh, based on the day that we are releasing this podcast, right, uh, which will be on May 25th, right, 22nd, sorry, May 22nd, it's perfect that we are talking about uh, the fact that, like, we're going to start talking about Captain America in a hot minute here, right? Mm-hmm. Because in Marvel Comics history, on this quote-unquote day, or week, rather, uh, there were some releases, some issues released by Ooh. Marvel Comics. Uh, so th- let me just give you a couple things that were released during this you, week. Before you do, do you know what's really perfect? What's that? This, according you know, MCU Wiki sometimes is sort of random. Mm-hmm. They said that this uh, that this event, this scene, takes place in like middle May of 1943. That is I wanna, let me, perfection. If let that's me confirm the case. that because I don't want to have a Fred Wells, Fred Mills sort of okay. situation here. But let's make that a thing. Let's make that just a shorthand for for like to pull a Fred Mills. To pull a Fred Mills. June 11th. June 11th. Sorry okay. about that. So that's fine. It takes don't worry us a couple it. of days before uh, Captain America starts. You're fine. Uh, but what you did see come out this week. Oh, thank you. What you did have come out this week on May 23rd uh, was Marvel Comics, well, technically Marvel Mystery Comics, Volume 1, Number 45, which okay. did feature uh, the Human Torch, Jim mm-hmm. Hammond, uh, fighting a bunch of Nazis and a Cobra on a table. That's a wild sure. thing to t- say, but like that's what it is. Like the, the, the front Cobra's of the his issue. Partner. The issue, no, 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 I mean, like, he's fighting, like, the Red Skull and, like, a bunch of Nazis who also have purple, like, hoods on. Uh, sure, like Baron Zemo? Kind of, but not not quite, but but somewhat similar. And um, on the table between the Nazis and uh, two prisoners of war is a giant cobra. Uh, so I think the cobra might be, like, attacking the people that are being, it's very strange, who knows. It's like they wanted to capture Nazis and the Klan. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, it's very, it's peculiar. Guess what also came out this week was, in fact, Captain America, Volume 1, Number 28. And in this one, Bucky is about to be crushed uh, by some Nazis who are trying to, like, who have, haven't tied down, and a 5,000 pounds of pressure 
block <laughs> that have spikes on it, and they are trying to uh, squish him, essentially. And Cap is uh, swinging through with his shield, like holding on to some sort of chain and flying mm -hmm. through the room. Very nice. The name of the, the, the story is called The Challenge of the Mad Torso. <laughs> you hate to have a mad torso. It's just, it's just a real bad look. Yeah, I, it's very weird. But anyway, yeah, I just think it's cool that we were uh, we were talking about like we're starting Captain America now, and Absolutely. sure enough, on this week in 1943 is a Captain America comic of him fighting some Nazis. Love it. And that is all that we have for Marvel, like in this day in Marvel, Marvel at history, Marvel. Well, we'll I'll workshop it. We'll think. We'll we'll figure out the name for this segment. Yeah. Yeah. I want to be like Marvel in time or something like yeah. that, but like Marvel time is weird. The Marvels of time, the TVA, um, pull list. I mean, we could just call it, we could call it the pull list actually. I, we need to make sure that we, cause there's definitely like a, a, a Twitter thing. That's a, the, like just called the pull list or maybe the spinner. I don't know. We could call it the pull list. Cause it's a it's segment within our it's show. Not, yeah. It's within our show. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be fine with that. Yeah. Huh. Well, well, again, we'll workshop it. Yeah. I want to definitely make sure that like it's it's clear that it's like the historic like historically, yeah. But anyway, that's all that I have now. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um I like that segment. That's going to be exciting. Yeah, I think it's going to be great. I I'm, I'm really excited to see if any of the Captain America stuff that we come across in 1943 also matches up with anything in the movie. We need to focus. Yeah, focus, focus. <gasps> that see now that for that era of Agent Carter when we're doing those episodes, we should maybe find like a way to do that focus thing instead of the, well, they've done it again. Yeah. If we get off topic, you have like a focus, focus. And then we're I like, like that a lot. That's good. Before we head out, folks, I just want to remind you that you can help support this show and other shows on the network by heading out to patreon.com slash the scavengers network for just two bucks a month. You can get all the bonus content that we put out for this show. Like so far, we've put out the 1931, uh, sorry, the episode of our uh, Timeline Scavengers annual number one, colon, 1931, um, which also has another colon, right? What's the, what's the, like something about my Antony? Antony oh, um, well, there's, there's a, it's two, it has two different titles. Um, where have you gone, my Antonia? And, there was another one that got cut, but it's mostly just called where we got said, Yeah. Um, yeah, cool. Perfect. Uh, and so you can check that out or you can find other bonus content like, uh, a Halloween specific episode of, uh, of spellbounding from spooky spouses. Uh, there's a one shot on there from myth takes. There's all sorts of great stuff that you can find. Every little bit helps uh, us be able to do, uh, wonderful things like an, an event that you might be hearing about coming up very soon. So, you know, you'll you'll probably see some timeline scavengers there. Ooh, very cool. Um, so, yeah, go ahead. Patreon.com slash the scavengers network. And with that, I want to say thank you for joining us on this episode. As always, I'm Colin Parker. I'm James Anderson. Focus on Excelsior. Tell me more about Excelsior.
Well, Daniel, it looks like Frankenstein's Jukebox is going to be joining the Scavengers Network. I heard. It's very exciting. But it does mean we need to write an ad. Oh, you're right. Okay. Okay, I have an idea. You know how on Frankenstein's Jukebox we take two songs from a given year and pull out the things we like about them and use those aspects to make a new song? Of course. We call that new song a song promise. Well, what if we used a similar strategy with our ad? Hey, I think that's a great idea. What are some aspects of your favorite podcast ads? Hmm. Well, I like ads where the two hosts are talking to each other, pretending like they're not doing the ad. That's a good one. I like when the information about the show is presented in a way that demonstrates the concept of the show. Oh, for sure. Frankenstein's Jukebox, the second Wednesday of every month, with song promises being released when we finish them. On the Scavengers Network. The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content.